a lot of times if you're triggered by someone or if you're triggered by someone's success, it's a lot of times because there's something deep in you that knows that you can do something just as significant, but you haven't tapped into it yet. You haven't unleashed that part of you. And that part of you is like tearing you apart inside and it's turning into ego, it's turning into pride, it's turning into jealousy and envy, which at the same time clouds your vision, clouds your ability to see those qualities, clouds everything that you should be working on to improve. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. And doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, all of the stuff. (laughs) So if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I am Janelle Copeland. And I am Edward J. Copeland, the first, the The last last that will ever be because we have all daughters. That is not true. There may be a uh, the, you can do, do you a have second. an illegitimate son can, out there? You can have a second, right? Wait, I'm sorry. If your kids are... Do you have an illegitimate son out there? I you do said not. That you made it sound like there was some questioning of maybe it's not the last. No, I, that's not that's what, what I was saying. That's what you said. I bet saying. the people heard the same thing. The people will hear whatever they want to hear. But what it's the truth is that I, what I was saying is that the children, our daughters, can have a son and name them after me. And They're that would not be the second, right? They're not going to do that, but it wouldn't be the How second because you know? it's not your kid. It's not Is your offspring. Rules? I'm pretty sure. Let's get back to it. Let's just be clear that you don't have an illegitimate I child out there. I an illegitimate child out there. For those that might be wondering. <laughs> what would happen? That would be a what in the world, right? Oh, Somebody yeah. knocks on the door, says, hey, you know. I heard the Push podcast and-, um, and Surprise, there is, is your, an Edward J. the second. Here is, yes, exactly. And how old would this Edward J. the second be? <laughs> It'd be pretty old. <laughs> It'd have to be at least, you know, 25, 26 years old. This is giving me like Rachel Hollis and Dave Hollis vibes where at one, like one day they had a podcast. It was about <laughs> rising together and then boom, they're oh getting divorced. God. And now the Rise Together podcast is no longer rising together. Absolutely. Um, I would still rise with you if the kid was over 16 years old. (laughs) Perfect. If the kid was three, (laughs) that'd be a little questionable. That'd be all bad. That'd be like, hey, the push podcast is taking a little hiatus because Janelle needs to process through some things. You just got to push through, you know? You sound like a total dick right (laughs) now. I'm just joking. You you need to clean this up real quick right now, Edward Copeland. All right. Well, you know, speaking of, you're not going to clean it. Yeah, I'm going to clean it. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I figured I'd have to clean it up. It was a given. It's not for me. It's for them. The the people. Okay. The the, people. You are officially cleaned up. I don't know. How how do you clean up something? By the way, you declare. Speaking of someone that you spoke to, uh, spoke about. This sounds real messy. And this is like avoidance at its. No, I'm talking about the personal development queen herself (laughs) that got herself in a little bit of a pickle when it came to- Are you deflecting to Rachel Hollis right now? I am not deflecting. Okay, here's the thing. I do not have a legitimate child out there. See how nervous he is right now? Can't even commit. I don't understand. Okay, can we move on now? 
Just say, honey, there are no children out <laughs> there, there honey, that there are, are no, at least 16 years or younger. There, honey, there are no other children out there besides the children that are in, in this house. You guys heard it first here live. Live and direct. <laughs> I am for sure. Just kidding. Okay. I wasn't worried about it, but when you started like tiptoeing around it, I was worried about it for the listeners, honestly. Oh, really? Like, because I trust you. I'm, you're very the, Jesus-like. The, but... the listeners, they're okay. They know. They have an understanding. Okay. All right. Watch can the we, feedback. Can we? Y'all leave a review. Can we get back to the? I want to know how many Edward J. Copelands <laughs> are out there. <laughs> this has turned into an official "What in the world?" Oh my god! Okay, so okay, what in you. the world? So a couple of things. So we're gonna get to the episode, but don't I want... talk about anything we're not supposed to talk about. What, what do you mean by that? Well, we had a couple of "What in the worlds" that came up this no, week that I we know. cannot talk I'm about, talk about I'm because just, I'm that's just, not I want. Nice. I just want the people to understand. So. Rachel Hollis, who, okay. you know, if you don't know who she is, she writes books, she's in personal development, she does conferences and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. My what in the world is uh, how someone I think is very, very intelligent, mm-hmm. um, has done a lot to be successful, uh, how they can lose touch, right? So this young woman was referring to some person her that- cleaning lady. The person that cleans her, her, her housekeeper, mm-hmm. right? And was talking about- and trying to remember the context, but basically was saying, I don't clean my house. I have a lady who cleans my toilets. She said, you know, I work hard so that I don't have to clean my own toilets. I have a lady that comes twice a week that cleans my toilets. So she kept taking this woman, Sherry, and she actually referred to her by her name and kept saying how because she's a hard worker and she makes money, she has earned Rachel the privilege. Hollis is right, a hard worker. Okay. She has earned the privilege of hiring somebody to do a demeaning task like clean your toilets, right? I'm just going to put it out there like, Lots of people have cleaning ladies. Lots of people have housekeepers. I don't know what the proper term is. I think, like, I think the right thing to say is, is housekeeper because a person that cleans your home could be a male, female, in between, transgender, doesn't matter, but they're a housekeeper. That would be politically correct. However, is, our Anna, she is the best cleaning lady. We love her to death. She calls herself the cleaning lady. She wants you to refer people to her like, you know, hey, if you have anybody who needs a new cleaning lady, like have them call me type of right. thing. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't really like the word cleanly. I like right. housekeeper. Okay. And then to me, that sounds I, more bougie, but yeah, I don't know. But the point the is, is I would never, ever say Anna cleans my toilets twice a week. <laughs> so the problem is, is that you're taking the most demeaning task of being a housekeeper and referring to somebody by that demeaning well, okay, here's, task. I, I would say this. Can I just clean this up? I don't think cleaning a toilet is demeaning. I cleaned the toilet this weekend. I didn't feel that I was lower than my <laughs> current status in this because, world because I cleaned the toilet. Okay. I thought it was a worthy task. I think it's an important task. You should if, take care of your home. If, yes. Yeah, you should. So I don't think that anything that you do for money is demeaning, right? I think that if you... No, I don't. I, I honestly, I think if you said, I out agree, to say, I'm saying people would say that that might be questionable, but that would be based on your beliefs and what you, yeah, because there are plenty of thinking. There are people who have multi million dollar cleaning companies mm-hmm. that would say that cleaning a toilet made me a millionaire, right? So there's nothing demeaning Absolutely. about it at all. But I do think that, so getting back to the point, 
is I think that, and I want you all, if the, the Push podcast, we know it's going to blow up and it's it's blowing up now and we've been doing really, really well. But we have to make sure no matter what happens with our podcast, what happens to our business, that you stay grounded and you don't lose touch. Right. Because the problem wasn't the fact that she kept saying, I have the person that cleans my toilet. Right. The problem was when people responded and said, hey, don't you think that you should maybe reframe that? Mm-hmm. Maybe you're kind of talking to her as if she's doing a demeaning task. Well, it got really and messy. Then you, then you start to devalue a human being right. and, and the actions that they take to, to feed their family. And then she didn't get that her audience was saying, hey, stop saying she cleans my toilet. The, yeah. Give mm-hmm. her a little bit more respect. Respect, right. right? So, so then she goes on to like basically defend herself and then say like, well, first of all, my team told me not to respond to it and it would blow over. Well, you're blaming it on your team. Never do that as a leader. The next thing was she decided to do a TikTok video and post it on Instagram saying, you know, you guys are messaging me, telling me that I'm privileged. Guess what? I am. I bust yeah, my ass bad. every day. I <laughs> wake up bad. at 4 a.m. I do all the things that most people won't do so that I can live a life that most people won't live. I, no, she said so that so I can, so I won't be... Uh, what was the word? No, she, that's what she said. So that I can live a life that most people won't get rel- to live a life to. of privilege. Yeah. She said, and then you're also messaging me, telling me that I'm unrelatable. Gotcha. I'm trying to be unrelatable <laughs> AF like Oprah, Rosa Parks, RBG. And people were like, whoa, I'm really offended now that you're referring to yourself, putting yourself in this category. The point is, is I showed Jordan the video because right. like our team sent it to me and was like, hey, could we never have this mishap? Right? right. Right. And then I showed Jordan the video, which was my first time seeing it. And she's 15 years old with zero context. She said, "Ooh, that's cringy. I'm embarrassed <laughs> for her. And so <laughs> that's kind of the point of this is like if you have people around you that are giving you feedback, that could be your audience, that could be your following, that could be your spouse, that could be your 15 year old daughter. If they tell you that something is cringy, you should take it down. You should address it. You should fix it. And that's part of your responsibility, you know, as someone who puts your stuff out there is to listen to your audience and see what sits with them and make apologies and clear things up and understand that sometimes the way that you're coming off isn't always the way that it's received. Right. That's yeah. the end of the story. Right. Right. And so that I just I brought that up for that so that the audience can really like this is not about a gossip situation. We're mm-hmm. not trying to gossip about this person. But what we're trying to get is that like there's a level of success that we hope all people who mm-hmm. are listening to this get to enjoy whatever that measurement of success is, whatever how you would define success. But the key thing is you can't lose touch of like listening and understanding people and having empathy in like when you lose those things, and a lot of times it's because you get caught up in this new world that you're a part of, mm-hmm. uh, then you get yourself in trouble. And then what ends up happening is that you lose an, a, the probably the best part of you that made you successful is your ability to relate and understand right. people. Have empathy. And like... to be able to tell other stories along with your own story in a way that people understand and receive it. And when you lose touch, I think that then you get yourself in these situations where you start to like 
you know, you, you start backtracking or you start to, you know, you don't right. you find ways to make things better when you say things out of line. Because well, no have... one's going to be perfect. You're no. going to say something that's going to bother someone, but being able to understand why it bothered them is so important. And I have no doubt that we will have a misstep. You know, I hope that we don't, but I think that when you do misstep, whether it's in your voice and it's the way you made someone feel, if it's brought to your attention, you need to address it, you right. know? And just so you understand, like when you say like, hey, we hope that the push podcast continues to grow. Uh, we do. And we paused like that video that we were watching. And just so you understand when, when we say this isn't coming from a place of gossip, this is coming from a place of we're the type of people I paused it several times. And I was like, God, I wish I could DM her. I wish I could like tell her girl, like, here's how you fix this. I wish that, you know, she didn't have to go through this public pain because it seemed kind of deserving the way that it kept kind of unfolding and unraveling and just getting bigger and bigger. And then I kept putting myself in that right. position thinking this would be devastating if I was reading 21,000 comments of people being upset with me, disappointed in me, saying terrible things about, you know, I wish I was never associated with you and this is a bunch of fraud and, you know, and, and just terrible, horrendous things. And I came and looked at it more from a, I'm a creator. If I were to ever make a mistake, I would feel terrible and want to crawl under a rock if people were coming for me like this. Right, right. right. So that's what I mean when, when we say like, it's not about gossip. It's about think about whatever you do in your job. If you own a business, if you are working your way up the corporate ladder, what's the worst misstep you could have? And if that were public and you had to kind of climb your way out of it publicly, that would be painful. Yeah. And we see it all the time with with celebrities and athletes that get themselves in these conundrums mm -hmm. where they just take the wrong step to get out. And a lot of times it's just about like being honest and getting an apology that's authentic, that's real, instead of, you know, a lot of times they do these press conferences and they read these things and people go, uh. Well, that's and the reality is, is the mob, I say, I was calling, I was like, the mob came after her because mm -hmm. the thing is, is that when you get yourself in this type of situation, you can't win fighting the mob no. because the mob will take on a group think and all of a sudden people will just like come for you. And so this is a great segue to the the, uh, the reason why we're having this episode, because we're talking about how comparison can kill, mm -hmm. right? And the key thing is that a lot of times you can, a lot of people who are in the personal development industry will probably compare themselves to a Rachel Hollis mm -hmm. and feel bad about themselves, right? They'll look at Because you, you don't have 2 million followers. You don't have 2 million followers. books Maybe that are you published. Maybe you're just as articulate. Maybe you think that you can write as good, but you're just not getting, you don't have that big break. You don't have that big pop. And one of the things that we have touched on, on on different episodes is the power or the disabling power of comparison. Right. Okay. A couple of things. I think when you make it that big, there will always be haters, period, end of story. Right. Well, and, yeah, yeah, 100%. and you can't really help with that. All we can do is kind of put together an episode that says, hey, if you are a hater, here's why. You're comparing <laughs> your success and where you're at with this person. So let's unpack that, right? And that's what we're going to do today. I can say that just from the personal development standpoint, I have a lot of friends who are also coaches that don't really care for Rachel Hollis. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you, I probably have been in that camp but here's why. It's not that I think I'm better. It's not that I'm jealous of her success. It's that I want that more for more women, but I also want women to have their own voice and their own style. And I feel like 
she's like the female version of Tony Robbins. And she says a lot of things that he says, like word for word, as though it's coming from her. And it just feels inauthentic to me. That's my own personal preference. I'm sure there are some people out there that think, well, she recited this quote. Yeah, I do. I post quotes five times a day, but I also really try to shout out who they are or put who the quote is by. I'm not making this stuff up. The reality is, is in 2021, if you're creating any sort of content, if you're any sort of thought leader, everything is recycled. Like we are literally talking about Think and Grow Rich, which was published what in the 50s. There's 30s books 20s, from the yeah. 30s. There are personal development quotes from the 20s. And I look at that stuff and I've heard it being used over and over by lots of different people. But the thing is, there's still millions and millions and millions of people who have never heard this before. So oh, yeah. it needs to continue to be shared. And I remember when we first kind of got into personal development, you know, 2000, what, 14, 15, we were like sad that this was the first time we heard this. Mm -hmm. And then now that we're in it, it's like, yeah, you see it, you hear it all the time, but that's not the case for most people. Right. Right. So where am I going with this? I look at someone like Rachel Hollis and I'm cheering for her because it's important that more women win mm -hmm. on a greater scale. We right. need more female Tony Robbins, but they need to have their own flavor. So that's my own kind of thing with that. <laughs> I also look at her with tons of admiration. I think it is so admirable that as a mother of four kids, you can start off as a blogger and she's pivoted many times. And in her career, whether she's talking about event planning in a blog or food recipes in a blog or DIY stuff in a blog to now it's a multi-million dollar company. She's a published author, right? She shared that she has pitched many books before. So the point is, is I look at her with great admiration, right. which I think is a huge replacement word for comparison. It's the antidote. Absolutely. In a lot of cases, mm -hmm. it's like... You know, you see any individual. And so if you're listening to this right now, you can think of someone in your life. It could be. A, and usually it's the people that are closer to you from a standpoint. That they live almost a similar lifestyle. Maybe they have the same background. Maybe you know them and now they've seen amazing success. And that that's where the comparison can sometimes be the the worst. Right. Right. And a lot of times what we get to places is, is of envy and jealousy. And like Janelle was just saying that when you can move to admiration, then things become a little bit more clear. Like your whole world opens up. Though, yeah. And then because you, from admiration, it can turn into motivation. Right. It, like, absolutely. I didn't know that it was possible for a woman to, you know, have this type of lifestyle or blow up this big or have this many followers or whatever the case may be. I'm not saying that she's special, but I'm saying those are the things that I love to see other women do because it is validation that it's also possible for me. Well, yeah. And, and I think that when you think about that, like you just said, and I hope people catch this, like admiration allows you to see the highest qualities of that person mm -hmm. so that you can possibly emulate those qualities, not copy what they do, but emulate those qualities. Like you just mentioned, having four kids. So having the, the versatility, the tenacity, the perseverance, the resilience, all the things that are necessary in order to manage their kids, their household, and to build a business, those are high qualities. Those right. are things that you want to try to emulate and say, okay, if that person can do it, I can do it. Uh, and I think that when we see people, and we've said this before, when you see people get extremely successful, like you get to the Beyonce level or the Oprah level, 
There's no comparison. There's no comparison, right? It's that you you don't don't spend a lot of time, you know, envious or jealous because of the fact that they hit a stratosphere that maybe you don't believe you can hit. Right. Right. And so a lot of times if you're triggered by someone or if you're triggered by someone's success, it's a lot of times because there's something deep in you that knows that you can do something just as significant, but you haven't tapped into it yet. You haven't unleashed that part of you. And that part of you is like tearing you apart inside and it's turning into ego, it's turning into pride, it's turning into jealousy and envy, which at the same time clouds your vision, clouds your ability to see those qualities, clouds everything that you should be working on to improve. And I know you just came back from Tennessee where someone just started their business. Yeah. So wait, let me address that and unpack that a little bit, because I think it's important for you as the listeners to understand like there's somebody or something you're comparing yourself to. Right. And it's likely that you're comparing yourself to someone, whether it be like a cousin, a sister, someone close, like relatively at your level. That's important for you to identify the people that are triggering you, the people who you scroll through their social media and you roll their eyes and say things like, oh my God, I know their life isn't this perfect. It's so annoying. Why are they posting their new Range Rover, this and that? Those are the people that trigger you because again, exactly what you just said, these are people you think should be on your same level. And when they start to win slightly or they start to look like they're bragging slightly, it triggers something in you. And I believe it's pulling and tugging at this potential inside of you that you know is there, but you haven't done anything to realize it. Right. So that's important. And the second thing that you said was, if you're a singer, if you're a creator, if let's just say you're a singer, you're a dancer, you're not likely looking at JLo or Beyonce saying, "Mm, I'm better than her. You think (laughs) that they're so high that they are no longer someone you can compare yourself to. That's really important to identify because you're likely pissed at your cousin. You're likely upset with your sister or your friend who you went to high school with. You've put them in this box Mm. and you want them to be constricted. And I mean, I have many stories to share like about my family saying things about someone else or someone that we've done. And it's a lot of, you know, well, you know who they really are. Like they grew up like this and they want to keep you in this bubble as though like they're upset that you grew. Yeah. And And that's so important. Like, I hope you guys caught that. Like, you have mentally put someone in a box. And like and like they say, and it's in the Bible, it says that, that you can't be a prophet amongst those who who know where you come from, mm-hmm. right? Because they will they will say, No, you're not special. You're Eddie who went to so and so high school. Right. I know all the stuff that you've done. Right. Right. And they can't see you in the new light and the new embrace that you 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 tapped into. And the key thing is what people don't understand is that we all have innate capabilities and capacities to do more. Mm-hmm. All we do and all that we do in this world is we unlock those things with exposure. Mm-hmm. We unlock those things with the ideas that we read about, that we see, and then we put them into action and then we do something amazing and great. But we all have those things built inside of us. Right. Like there's already like a box inside of you that has all of this potential. It just needs to be unlocked. But so often we're looking at other people and it's just destroying our joy. And it's robbing some people who have a very good life, mm-hmm. right? Who do, are doing something really special and it takes them out of gratitude and puts them into envy. Right. So a couple of things like kind of going back to Rachel Hollis's misstep, right? Like wanting to be unrelatable. I feel like I'm a natural empath. You know that. And I carry people's problems. <laughs> 
And so I find myself overcompensating for our accomplishments. I'll Mm -hmm. give you an example. When we started posting about our remodel, I kept telling the story of, you know, we waited and prayed and saved for 16 years for this. We lived in a shitty house where the tile was falling off of the kitchen, you know, backsplash because we had to wait. I saw other people winning. It made me feel bad. You know, I was putting myself in a place of comparison many times in the last 16 years, but I had to remind myself that just because other people were winning, it wasn't taking away from my future blessing with my name on it, right? right? And so I find myself trying because I know how prevalent comparison is and it can kill. I find myself often coming from a place of, I already know you're going to be mad about this. So before you get mad, let's address it because it wasn't easy. Right. And so one thing that I want to point out to people is you have to understand that when you're jealous of someone, when you are starting to compare yourself to someone, you have to understand there's a backstory. Mm -hmm. You have no clue what that backstory is. You have no clue what the struggle was. You have no clue what they went through, what the journey looked like, how much pain was involved, what kind of loss was there. If people don't read my posts and they don't see often that I post about starting my business in the middle of a recession after we lost our six-figure jobs and after we were at our lowest, they could immediately just be like, oh, she's bragging. You yeah, know? It, so you don't know the backstory. You don't know the right. tears. You don't know all of the financial struggles, the bankruptcy that we filed and like what that did to our confidence and all of that stuff. So I just want you to know that anybody that you're looking at comparing yourself to there's a backstory that you're not aware of. And the backstory might not always be something that will make you feel better. Here's an example. If you see that, you know, hey, your family's going on vacation and you guys are going to visit the Grand Canyon, that's awesome. You see the Copelands are going to Greece and now your Grand Canyon vacation feels terrible, right? <laughs> it does. Like right. people are like, great. I thought the Grand Canyon was great until the freaking Copelands went to, to Greece. You have no clue what we sacrificed. That's what I'm going to say. But also, you have no clue if we're in debt up to our freaking eyeballs mm-hmm. and we're in a terrible ass relationship and we're trying to save our marriage and our kids hate us. You have no clue because right. you don't know the backstory. Yeah. But I want to just add this because I think that perspective is real. But what I will tell you too, because I, I had a recent conversation I thought that, that makes it really relevant to this, is even when you know the backstory, that is like, say, for example, you t- you know someone's backstory, but the reality is, is that is thinking that the world is fair. Mm-hmm. That, means that, that means that your hard work and my hard work are basically equal. And so we should get the same thing. Right. So all the struggle that we went That's through. socialism. Right. <laughs> all the struggle that we went through to build the business, to do all these different things someone else can have that same struggle and not have the results right, right. after the end of the day. So what I'm saying is, is yes, there is that a backstory. Has happened to us. Yeah, there is a backstory and that backstory may be worthy. That backstory may be justified. But then also there's some people who don't have a backstory that, mm-hmm. that you know, they had a different journey. And the key is understanding that everybody's journey is different. Right. And this world is not designed to be fair, so to speak, but it is equitable from a standpoint that you're going to get whatever you need whatever you require to get the things out of your your life that you want to accomplish. 
So I think it's just so important that people understand that like a backstory is important to consider and saying, oh, well, you know, they probably did a lot of things that they did behind the scenes is what really showed up in, in public. But sometimes, but that's considering thinking life is fair. Right. That you everything True. that you get is because of hard work and dedication. Not all the time. But I'm also suggesting that the backstory might be fucked up. Like <laughs> yeah. it might be very much like you're envying someone who has a terrible relationship with their kids or, you know, their spouse, and you are wishing that you also could go to Greece, but that family you don't know behind the scenes is really struggling to like hold it together. So you don't know what that trip might have meant to that family, right? right? You're just seeing the highlight reel, most likely on social media. So the next thing I want to suggest is that you understand that your skills, your talents, your strengths, your experiences, your perspectives, those have all been given to you and kind of compiled based on your experiences and beliefs, right? Mm -hmm. And everybody's are different. So kind of going back to what you were saying about like, just because you did the hard work and just because you also cried and had money issues and things like that doesn't mean you're going to have the same exact roadmap or journey or results as this person over here. Because you guys have different beliefs, a different starting um, point. Yeah. Everything's different. Different experience, different parents, different things that hold you back, different relationships, different support De- systems. Different definitions. Like you may think hard work means one thing. Like we all know the definition in the dictionary, right? For hard right. work. But I have a different definition for hard work versus you, right? And that can be for anybody. And so I think a lot of times we think that we share the same meaning for things, Mm -hmm. meaning that if I say I've been dedicated, what does that mean? Does that mean I get up every morning at four o'clock in the morning? I stay up till one o'clock in the morning working on my business nonstop. That could mean one thing for one person. And then another person says, I only work out, I only work four hours a day and I get the same results. Right. Right. And so we have different paths to get in there and you could be comparing the wrong story, but you also could be comparing the wrong meaning of hard work and dedication. Well, okay. So that brings me to success. Like Mm -hmm. everyone defines success differently. Yeah. Right. And we know this because I've been traveling lately and helping other women grand open their bakeries or whatever their businesses are, grow them to a, a higher level. And so often people send messages or DM me and say, well, what if I don't want a storefront? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Your level of success or your definition of success could be different than someone else's. But you have to ask yourself, why? Is it because you value freedom? Is it because you're a mother of three and they're small children and you don't want to work outside of the home? That is your level of success right now, which you should keep your eyes on and not be so distracted with what someone else is doing. So I would say that that's probably one of the first steps that you should take if you are feeling sucked into comparison. You have to stop and really ask yourself, what does a dream life for me look like? What does success look like for me? And I'll tell you, 42-year-old Janelle defines success as freedom. Mm-hmm. But 32-year-old Janelle did not define success as freedom. I defined it on the revenue and the profitability right. that my business was generating because I was willing to put in the work and right. I was you know, going after it and building something from nothing. I had a lot to prove and I was in a different mindset. I was coming from a place of survival 
which I am not in 10 years later. Right. And so I would just advise you, if you find yourself slipping into comparison at any stage of your life, you got to go back and ask yourself, what's triggering about this? Do I find this person successful and why? Like, is this an alignment with what I believe to be success is? And oftentimes you'll see that it's not. Right. And there's a quote that I, I read and I and I want to share. I, I don't know where the quote came from, but it said, never wander away from the observation of your own ruling power. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what you just said. Mm-hmm. Right. Your ruling power, meaning like what you really want, how you what energies you put into things like you can't take your eye. You can't wander away from that ruling power because that's going to be the driving force to get what you want. Right. And I think that what happens is, is we we look to the to the right, we look to the left, and we're observing someone else's what we the, our perception of their power, yeah. their our perception of their success. To to your point, like you don't know what's going on behind closed doors, right? And we we take our eyes off our own observations of our ruling power, the lane that we're in. And I think that that is what's crippling for people. Right. And when we get to this place where it's really crippling, that's where it kicks in. It says that comparison kills your, your life's joy, right? right. And it, it steals everything away from you because you're no longer looking at what you have. You're no longer looking at your skills and your capabilities. You're too focused on the person on the left and the person on the right of you. Yeah. And the thing is, the only way to like get clear on what you really want is to stop being distracted and looking at everybody else, <laughs> right? You right. want clarity, well, then clean your lenses and focus on what's in front of you, right. in front of your life. So define what success and uh, what's another word for success? Per, uh, Achievements achievement. are different for everyone, yeah. right? And so fulfillment. Thank you. What is the other word? Um, it starts with a C. I'm blanking right now. Um, Contentment. Cont- <laughs> uh, there you go. This is like a friggin' game. <laughs> um, I just had a brain fart. But anyways, if you are unclear of what success or contentment or freedom or happiness looks like for you, I would really encourage you to go back and listen to episode number 82 because we gave you, I think, 85 questions to help you dream bigger and define what your dream life should 100%. look like and feel like for you, no one else, but for you. Yeah. And I think when you do that and you take that time to really understand what success is for you, then you peel back and you start to reverse engineer like, okay, what are the things that I know that I can do? What am I good at? What are my skills are? And if you still don't know what those things are, then that's when you've got to expose yourself to something new, right? You got to read a book. You've got to Take a class, those types of things. Take Passion to Profit, which is a course that we we offer. Which is open for enrollment soon. Yeah, so. absolutely. And so those are the things in which you get exposed to things. And all of a sudden, you can focus on your own observation because now there's something to look at. Right. Now there's something to work with. Uh, I think so many people sit there, so to speak, somewhat empty in a sense of, mm-hmm. uh, because they have been looking left and right so long and, for, and you know, with so much focus that they forgot themselves. Right. They forgot who they are. They forgot what they love. They forgot what they really find passion in. And all of a sudden, they just see the the things that are, you know, shining and glitter and lights in someone else's life. And they go, I, I want that. Right. But they forget what they already have. Yeah. So this kind of reminds me, you mentioned about Passion to Profit, which is our eight-week business master class that's getting ready to open for enrollment. Uh, you can go to JanelleCopeland.com to get more information about that if you're a small business owner. But 
This reminds me of one of our students, Lisa Varnado. I have been saying her last name wrong for four years. <laughs> I always call her Lisa Varnado. In my defense, we met on Facebook and 90% of our relationship yep. has been via text, right? But even when we became friends and started speaking on a regular <laughs> basis, she never corrected me. So here I am four years later with her. Right. And you know, I was like, hey, this is Lisa Varnado. She still did not correct me <laughs> until I asked her to introduce her herself this weekend at her grand opening. And she's like, Hey, this is Lisa Varnado. And I'm like, wait, time out. What did you just say? <laughs> so shout out to Lisa, her and her husband, Debrian just grand opened their bakery. It's called Marble City Suites. It's in Knoxville, Tennessee. I want to tell you about Lisa because this is directly in alignment with what we're talking about today, which is comparison, watching other people win, thinking that maybe you're being left behind. And it's really hard to see other people win when you feel like you're kind of losing in your life, right? Right. So four years ago, Lisa crosses paths with me. She starts taking my trainings and going through my courses and stuff. And she immediately gets introduced to all of these women who are at different stages of their mm -hmm. business. She got so inspired by their stages of business, by their journeys, and everybody was at different levels. And so they start opening up bakeries or raising the revenue in their current bakeries and just doing big things, right? Well, it invited her to step up what her dreams were for herself. Right. So she declares to her husband and to her father I'm going to open a bakery. And they're like, okay, well, get working on that. You know, start the business, do the stuff. She's literally at level one, mm -hmm. right? So for four years, you guys, she has made really great friends in our community. She's watched people, like I said, grand open bakeries, build bakeries, expand bakeries, do you know millions of dollars in revenue starting at level one. She's been the best fly on the wall. She's been the best cheerleader. She's clapped for everyone. You know why? Because she was coming from a place from admiration versus comparison. Love it. She was watching them achieve, watching them go through hard things, watching the journey and understanding that everyone's journey is theirs, but there is something for me to learn by watching you and cheering for you and being in admiration, knowing that it's available for me too. Yep. Not today, but maybe a couple years from now, because my blessings have my name on them and they never get taken yeah. away. Like God's promises belong to you, right? right? And so, I think that's huge because like your journey will reveal to you the time in which you're going to accomplish something. Right. So Christine Kane, she's one of my favorite preachers. And I remember seeing her several times. She says, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. So right. she was like, okay, I'm being called to do this. I'm going to be in faith that I am in the process of being qualified because I'm not qualified yeah. today, but I was called. So I must be in the process, beginning stages of being qualified. And, and I, you know what? That's so powerful. And I think people may miss that because they think and called, well, I haven't heard anything. Here's what I would tell you. <laughs> Every single time you get an idea, mm -hmm. that's a call. Right. Every single time something pops in your head out of thin air, out of nowhere, that's a call. Can that's I give the you universe. That's God, mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it in your own belief system. But there are only a few that, that answer, answer the that call, call yeah. right? That have the courage to say, I'm going to do something with that idea. Well, can I give you another perspective for the call? Yeah. A lot of times the call that you're referring to comes in the form of a knock at the door or a nudge and it doesn't feel good. Mm -hmm. Let me explain. You're struggling with your finances 
and a knock at the door or a nudge or a call is your creditors are calling, mm-hmm. reminding you that your shit is late, right? <laughs> yeah. That is an opportunity for you to get better mm-hmm. because that's your way of being qualified in order to get to the next level. Okay. We want to not pay attention to these nudges or these calls. In fact, we want to put our phone on silence, <laughs> right? But it is. It's right. like every single thing that you're ignoring right now is a nudge. It's a call. It's a knock to help you become more qualified for your next level. So I think that's that's really good because what you're also saying too is that means every time I look at someone's Instagram, every time I look at someone's TikTok or Facebook or whatever you use, and I'm triggered by what they've done. It's a knock. Not because I hate them, but because mm-hmm. I want to do it. It's a knock. It's a it's, call. I believe it's God impressing something upon you to show you that this is a call and it's triggering you, but you right. don't know how to process it, but I'm trying to qualify you for something better. Yeah. So that's what I mean when when I'm tagging on to the fact that you're saying that oftentimes we don't show up, we don't answer the call. So right. pay attention to those calls as well, because they don't always feel good, yeah. right? When we got laid off and lost our job, that was a call, that was a nudge to say, hey, well, it didn't matter. You guys were making a ton of money and you weren't being good stewards of your money anyways. So I'm going to take all that shit away. (laughs) And here's a friendly knock because you didn't pay attention to the other knocks in the previous years. So I'll just take it all away in order to better equip you for your next stage in life. It doesn't ever feel like it at that time, but I'm telling you that it's a nudge, it's an opportunity and it's a call. Yeah, and I think that one of the things that's so important because yeah, you're going to get a call from an idea. You're going to get a call or a nudge from a creditor or, or, or the things that are that are haunting you. But I also think that you got to go and go listen for something. Right. You got to go and, and make yourself available for a call. And I think that that's sometimes what people are missing. They don't want to move. They're waiting for something to be bestowed upon them when they actually got to get up and go get it. Right. They got to go get up and go find a phone that you could make ring mm-hmm. <laughs> so that you could get the call. So, and I think that that's, that's a huge thing, especially for people who don't know what they want or they haven't clearly defined what they want. And if you're really not following and tracking with us, I'm telling you, we're talking about opportunities. I believe right. that they're all around you every single day, but they often come in forms that you want to ignore or you don't pay attention to. Yeah. Period, right? So back to Lisa. She's watching everybody win. She's taking notes. And I'm just going to tell you it worked in her favor to be a good steward, to be a good student for four years because she signed a lease. She had learned from many people in our community like what could go wrong during a build-out. So she was already prepared. So she negotiated a good kind of like a a period where – There were loopholes within her lease Mm. in case the build-out took longer. Stipulations, right? So she was able to negotiate that only because of her experience watching other sugar sisters go through this, right? right? So then it works out where she also knows that there could be problems with a contractor. So she vets contractors better, finds a great contractor, gets in a great lease, finds a great space, negotiates all that stuff, winning, winning, winning. And builds this business, builds this bakery from nothing based on everything that everybody else messed up on. Oh, I wish I would have put the sink over here. I wish that I would have created a bigger space up here. I wish I would have thought ahead Mm. and remembered that I love to teach. So I should have created a space to teach. She has all of that checked off. And so I will just say, 
hands down, she built the best bakery, I believe, because she was not coming from a place of comparison. She was coming from a place of admiration. I love it. Stacking up all the learnings, thanking people for showing her what worked and what didn't. And she's going to be extremely successful because she waited until it was her turn. You know what that made me think of? And 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 this is important. It made me think she was not a follower. She was a student. Yeah. And I think that when you think about like social media, for example, like you call people your followers and sometimes you are a follower, mm-hmm. right? A follower is you're just trailing behind, right? And then that during that trail, trailing, you're comparing yourself to, that, to whoever you're following and all of the above. But I do think when you take on a position that I'm a student of this person and I, I follow this person just for the language of social media because I want to be a student and I want to pay attention to how they move and how they operate. I think that's when you become a Lisa story. Yep. When you are not just following, but you're actually paying attention and being a student to what other people are doing. And I think that only comes when you you remove your ego and you definitely get into a place of admiration, but also the mindset of the student is very different than a follower. Yeah. I heard uh, this quote by Jennifer Garner last week, and she said, never hurry, never worry. And to me, that just feels like faith. Mm. That's just like, if I know my blessing is coming, I know it has my name on it. I know I'm on the right track. I know I'm staying in my own lane. Why would I ever hurry? Mm -hmm. And why would I ever worry? Right. Never hurry, never worry. Yeah. Isn't that good? I love that. I thought that was great. I I don't like worrying either. I feel like it's a form of (laughs) self-harassment. Just harassing yourself just all the time. (laughs) So I think the theme of this is, you know, replace the jealousy, replace the the envy or the comparison, replace it with admiration, be a student, see what things are there to offer you. Because it's not so much about getting to the arrival. It's really about what you become while you're in pursuit of something. And oftentimes you'll see that it doesn't even matter if you ever get to the goal or the arrival point. It really just matters that you have gotten better. You've become more resilient. You've developed different perspectives. You have grown and you'll be really happy with that. Yeah. And I think that if you continue to go down that path, you will define success for you. You will find the things that bring you fulfillment, not what you think in someone else's life that you want. And you think they have it, the grass is greener over there when the reality is, is the grass you, is greener where you water it. Exactly. So nurture yourself, nurture your ideas, nurture your skills, and you'll get everything you want out of this life if you answer the call. That's right. Knock, knock. And push through. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review, leave your handle. And until next time, push through.